Thanks for pressing play, and welcome to the second in a special two-part series here on Lockhead on Marketing, called Did the Roaring Twenties Just Start? You see, we believe there's a chance that we could be headed into a time of unprecedented economic growth. For over a year now, a category NATO of newness has been gaining momentum. Uh, everything from you know uh, vaccines coming out in record time to work from home to the streaming breakthroughs, uh, the podcast growth, and a whole bunch of other things. There is a category NATO of newness. And I would posit to you that there's never been a higher receptivity to new stuff than right now. So on this episode, let's dig into the data about the economy and try to connect some dots here. Now, of course, you should know I'm not an economist and neither are Eddie and Cole, my Category Pirates partners. But um, we did think it would be powerful to connect some dots and some critical data points about the economy through a category lens. And this special two-part series is based on a recent uh, letter we published in Category Pirates. And if you want to check out Category Pirates, go to lockhead.com and you can subscribe there. Now, you might be asking, what are marketing and category design guys doing tackling the economy? And why are you doing it in newsletters and now on podcasts? Well, the reason is simple. Marketing takes place within market categories. And categories are the strategic context or the framing, if you will, for products, services, companies, and brands. And the economy is the ultimate context that all categories live in. And so legendary category designers and marketers develop a keen sense for the broader economy, the economic environment, and they try to tune in to key uh, both tailwinds that can push you forward and headwinds that might be coming. So that's what we're going to dig into on this episode. My friends at Oracle NetSuite are the number one cloud business system. Check out netsuite.com slash different today for a free product tour of the platform you need. That's netsuite.com slash different. And the value and power of data goes up almost exponentially, almost daily. And my friends at Splunk are the leaders in data to everything, bringing data to every question, every decision, and every action. Check out splunk.com slash D, the number two, the letter E. That's splunk.com slash D to E. And I would also encourage you to check out Follow Your Different, episode 212. It's an extraordinary conversation with an entrepreneur named John Spagnola. He's the CEO of a company called You Blend It, and they are pioneering the category of custom spirits. That's right, custom booze. And um, we have a fascinating conversation about how to be a mission-driven entrepreneur and category designer. That's Follow Your Different, episode 212. Now, hey-ho, let's go. This is Lockhead on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. So off the top, let's talk about some uh, fascinating, uh, what you might consider to be stunning parallels between the situation we currently find ourselves in 
and just before the roaring 1920s. At that time, it was the end of a pandemic, an explosion in new technology, and increased political polarization with some flare-ups of international tensions and a rockin' and raging stock market, as well as an explosion of new categories. That's what was going on in the 1920s. So, for example, uh, electric blenders, televisions, and vacuum cleaners were categories that took off. Now, let's think about what's going on in the 2020s. Starting to sound a little familiar, right? Same thing with the pandemic, of course. Same thing with technology and new categories. Same thing with political polarization. Only this time around, the new categories are things like AI, video communications, uh, robots, self-learning robot vacuums, citizen space travel, uh, the uh, electrification of everything, uh, and uh, digital education, uh, telemedicine. You can buy real estate in the emerging metaverse, of course, NFTs and digital products, just to name a few. So now back in the roaring 1920s, there were breakthroughs in both the economy and in business and in the way people lived, worked, and played. And um, by the way, if you haven't listened to our previous episode on uh, Bannister Breakthroughs, check that out as well. Now, in the 1920s, electricity became a foundational, seminal energy source in society. As a matter of fact, consumption of electricity doubled in the 1920s. And by 1929, 70% of homes had electricity. Now, isn't it fascinating today that we are having an electric category explosion right now? Uh, And if you've heard me talk about this, my personal favorite is uh, the electric bike. But that's just personal preference right now. Back in the 20s, catalog shopping became the new way to shop. And mail order companies like Sears, Roebuck & Co. became mail order category kings. Well, today, isn't it fascinating that uh, e-commerce is built and built And in the uh, early part of the uh, 2020s, e-commerce has become, I would argue, an essential service. And the home delivery category is exploding uh, all around us. In the 1920s, a slew of new innovations came out of the acceleration of the automobile industry that had tremendous lifestyle and economic impacts. In the 1920s, the average price of a car fell from $940, which would be about... 13 grand today, down to $290, which would be about $4,000 today. And so if you look around, you will see these banister breakthroughs happening today that are stunningly, strangely, eerily, interestingly reminiscent of the 1920s. And um, uh, as a matter of fact, Dr. Nicholas Christakis, who is a Yale professor and a social epidemiologist. Think about that. He's already come out and predicted, quote, a second roaring 20s, just like there was after the 1918 flu pandemic. The Wall Street Journal recently reported that analysts have increased their economic growth forecast for 2021 up to 5.95%. So let's just call that 6%. Well, Turns out the last time the U.S. economy hit a growth rate anywhere near that was back in 1984. 
which incidentally also happened to be the year a, a legendary record from Van Halen came out. <laughs> the U.S. Fed, the Federal Reserve, is now forecasting 6.5% growth for this year, up from 4.2 that they had predicted in 2020. So in a relatively short period of time, the U.S. Fed has gone from a 4.2 prediction of gross domestic product growth up to 6.5. That's a big swing. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said, quote, the recovery has progressed more quickly than generally expected, end quote. That's interesting. Forrester Research, um, the tech research company, is now forecasting 6% growth in tech spending in 2021 and 6.5% growth in 2022. And many of the people I know in the tech industry think that's a pretty big sandbag that it might, um, it might go to 8% or higher. We'll see. There's some other interesting indicators going on. Google just announced that they are investing $7 billion, with a B, in new U.S. data centers and offices. Uh, the current IPO market looks very strong, and it looks like the uh, pipeline is muscling up. Oh, by the way, every data point I mention um, is based on research and data. And if you want to get to the source documents, check out the show notes for this episode on Lockhead.com, and you'll be able to click through uh, many of the data points and stories that I mention here. So getting back to the IPO uh, pipeline, there are a bunch of hot companies looking to get out. Companies like Robinhood, Coinbase, Instacart, Coursera, and a whole bunch more are prepping to go public. And some experts believe that as the vaccine rolls out, the IPO pipeline will grow. And so who knows? We could be looking at an even bigger IPO pipeline in the back uh, half of 2021. Recently, Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson came out and said the company was, quote, gearing up for a rosy future because of the coming great human reconnection. And uh, they are positing that as we are able to get out and start being social animals again, that there will be a, quote, great human reconnection. Bloomberg has recently reported that, quote, some of the world's top money managers are betting on a post-pandemic spending boom, end quote. Now, let's take a look at some major uh, tailwinds that we can see on the horizon. Uh, first of all, let's talk about cash. The Wall Street Journal recently reported, quote, U.S. companies are sitting on the largest pile of cash ever. U.S. companies are sitting on the largest pile of cash ever. Uh, further, according to uh, Investors Business Daily, quote, nine companies in the S&P 500, including Google, Apple, and Microsoft, each hold net cash of $5 billion apiece or more. Together, these companies hold a total of $325 billion free and clear. That's nine companies combined are $325 billion in cash, according to IBD. The Harvard Business Review recently reported, quote, U.S. non-financial corporations are sitting on just over $4 trillion in cash, up from $2.7 trillion a decade ago and just $1.6 trillion in 2000. And so uh, that looks like exponential growth in cash to me over a relatively short period of time. So no matter how you look at it, spending looks like it's going to go up. The uh, GDP and the economy looks like it's going to grow. And there's a lot of cash in corporations sitting on the sidelines waiting to get deployed. 
Now, let's look at the consumer side of things. Reuters recently reported, quote, consumer spending, which accounts for more than two thirds of U.S. economic activity, jumped to 2.4 percent last month. That was the biggest gain since June and ended two straight monthly declines. That's from uh, Reuters. Further from Reuters, quote, personal income shot up 10 percent the largest increase since last April when the government dispersed the first round of stimulus checks. And uh, income was only up 0.6% in December. So income is going up quickly, shot up 10%. Bloomberg further reports, quote, American household finances are in the best shape in decades. The Wall Street Journal reports, quote, consumer spending has nearly returned to pre-COVID-19 levels, while average personal incomes of U.S. households surpassed pre-pandemic levels in September. Wrap your mind around that. And all of these data indicators, of course, are out long before the almost $2 trillion in um, the Biden administration's relief payments. And there's a new spending package that you're hearing about and that new spending package could reach four trillion. That's a lot of money getting pumped into the economy. So all these factors brought together suggest the possibility of a sustained U.S. recovery, with of course the risk of inflation. You print that money and you you put that much money into the economy. You're going to drive inflation because you're devaluing the lower the value of the dollar, of course, and you're driving the prices of things up. So that's something that we all have to pay attention to, never mind the deficit. But the bottom line is, as the federal government is getting ready to spend like a drunken sailor on shore leave, um, the economy is heating up. Further, today, quote, 70% of travelers want to travel in 2021, according to HospitalityNet. And um, in addition to everything I just mentioned, it appears that the pandemic has triggered what you might call, quote, an emotional run on housing, unlike anything we've seen before. You see, as of January 2021, home prices were up more than 10% year over year. And now prices, home prices are increasing at the fastest rate seen since 2006. All right. So... As you bring all of this together, what does it mean? It means we could be heading into a new golden age of opportunity. And as we've talked about before, now's not the time to be focused on the incremental. Legendary companies jam the throttle hard coming out of recessions. Now might be the time to consider investing in innovation, in new product development, in marketing, in expansion, and in new category design, and to do that ahead of the curve, because all the research shows us that the companies who do the best coming out of recessions hit that throttle early in the recovery. Now, with all that said, a couple of cautionary things that um, Eddie Cole and myself thought were critical to point out. First, all of this might be wrong. So (laughs) we're not economists. And yes, we're quoting a lot of smart people and trying to connect those dots. But 
This all could be very, very wrong. And who knows, something on the geopolitical landscape could happen that would change everything I just talked about. So caution, 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 caveat, caveat, and God knows I got thrown out of high school, so you know what kind of an economist I am. But that said, we've changed a lot of our planning around here. We are beginning to take an aggressive stance and starting to plan as though the new Roaring Twenties have already started. But that's us. Okay, the second thing I would caution you about is during the 1920s boom, many, many people were left out. Life was particularly hard and got worse for black Americans, and particularly in the southern states, if you look at the research. Also, during the 1920s, there was a profound bifurcation, a shift in wealth and income towards the very rich and the very top. We can't have that again. During the 1920s, the poorest 93% of the non-farm population at the time actually saw their disposable income fall. Native Americans in the 1920s and Mexican Americans in the 1920s suffered extreme poverty as a group. So, look, let's just state the obvious. We can't let that shit happen again. When we all do well, we all do well. So if we are entering a new Roaring Twenties, this time, it's all of our responsibilities to make sure that everyone in our economy gets a fair shot. And uh, like I've said many times before, entrepreneurship for some is a way up, but for many is a way out. And my dream is that if we are going to have a breakthrough here in the economy, that we also have a breakthrough in entrepreneurship. And I know for sure if enough of us stand up for equality, solve problems together, and create new solutions as opposed to fighting over old ones, we can make a very, very big change. And if those of us who give a shit about a real meritocracy, those of us who give a shit about real equality stand for it, we could use this economic boom for economic justice and equal access to entrepreneurial and innovation opportunities. Also, number three, let's not forget that after the Roaring Twenties came the Dirty Thirties, which turned out to be the Great Depression. And during the Great Depression, more than 60% of Americans lived below the poverty line. So if we are going to have a new Roaring Twenties, let's aim to have it be a more enduring, equitable growth opportunity that is sustainable and that doesn't fuck us and so many people on the back end. So what do I want to leave you with as you think about all this stuff? I think now is a time that we can all shape the future. And some people will wait for that future. Some people will shape the future and some people are going to reject the future. And I think legendary marketers, category designers, and entrepreneurs want to be the people who create that future. And we might be on the cusp of the fastest moving, the fastest growing, and the most rapidly changing economy we've ever seen. We know for sure tens of billions of dollars are waiting to be deployed. And listen, I know this sounds crazy, but I would assert that trillions in new value are going to get created. Because every indicator says the roaring 2020s have already begun. So what are we waiting for? Now is the time to ask, what are you going to create? Because more than ever, 
The future needs you. All right, we would like to thank our good friends at Atranet, building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Check out atre.net. My friends at Socrates.ai are going to help you become employee awesome. Now, more than ever, legendary companies want to create a, a great culture, and that comes from being super responsive and attentive to our people. Imagine being able to talk or text any question to your company and get a response. That's Socrates.ai, and that's employee awesome. If you're in Australia, why not uh, do some legendary marketing with my friends at rapidmedia.com.au? That's rapidmedia.com.au. All right, I need to remind you that this oddcast is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network, and it definitely goes better with libations. Please don't forget to tip your wait staff on the way out. And if you like it enough to listen, why not share it with your whole team? The greatest gift you can give us is to share this oddcast. All right, today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. Please consult your lawyer, shaman, mystic, doctor, and bartender before acting on anything in today's episode. Listen to KD Lang. Uh, the Ramones were right. Read recent Chout. We are produced and edited by the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Jason DeFilippo. I would encourage you to check out his podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks. It's one of my top five. Sarah Knox and Jamie J do legendary technical execution, and they build Lockhead.com. Show notes by GM Simon, and Candy Dandy keeps all the trains running on time. All right, please stay healthy, stay legendary, and the thought I'll leave you with comes from Rupert Murdoch, who said, We all know, economists were created to make weather forecasters look good. 